This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go ahead and turn with me to, to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we, we've talked about the Holy Spirit, and we've kept talking about the Holy Spirit, and you know, to be honest, I don't know how long I'm going to keep going. I just really, each week, the Lord will just stir up things on the inside of me. This, this is what the Lord began to really put on my heart about talking about the Holy Spirit, that the, the more we talk about the Holy Spirit, the more you get accustomed and used to it. So many times within our churches, within believers' lives, when you mention the Holy Spirit, man, people freak out. I mean, they have the thought, oh, no, they're going to start doing something crazy and wild. I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit's not crazy. And the Holy Spirit's not wild. People are crazy and wild. Holy Spirit's not. And so I just keep hitting away with this and allowing the scriptures to teach it. But every one of us in here, if all I ever trust in is, is my brains, which is scary for me, my ability and my talents, I've limited myself. Because the Lord said in, in Romans eight fourteen, he said, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. He said in Romans 8, 16, he said, the Spirit of God bears with my spirit, it joins with my spirit. And so when I don't allow the Holy Spirit to play a part in my life, I'm going to be limited. I'm not going to do as well as God wants me to do in this, in this life. So literally, I, I miss out. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, it says, the, the, the natural man looks at the things of the Spirit of God as foolishness. There's always going to be people that when you serve God and you begin to let the Holy Spirit move in your life, they will view that as foolish. Before I got born again, I thought people went to church were foolish. I thought, why'd they do that every Sunday? That's stupid. And then before long, I give my heart to Jesus and I start going to church. And then I begin to say, man, people who give 10% of their money to Jesus, that's stupid. But before long, I started reading the Bible and I realized, that's not stupid. That's God's economy. And then, you know, you hear people and say, do you believe in that laying hands on of the sick and they recover? No, that's stupid. But I gave my heart to Jesus and started realizing that's not stupid, that's biblical. And so that's where we got to get in all this, even when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And listen, you don't have to go out and just act like you're from a different planet. And the Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. So we begin tonight. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Of this salvation, talking about the salvation from the Lord Jesus, the prophets have acquired, and they searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, the grace to save you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Now, these prophets, they foretold through the Spirit this salvation that Christians get to experience the things of God. Hundreds, thousands of years ago, these prophets began to speak of this. How did they do it? By the Holy Spirit. He would come upon them. Verse 10 or 12. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, 
They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. He sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. Now, it's interesting to me here in this passage, he said, who have preached the gospel to you. But the very next thing he highlights is he said, he preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. Now, if that wasn't uh, meaningful or needful, then why didn't he even mention the Holy Spirit here? And the very next thing, now pay close attention to this. He says, the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. What was sent from heaven? The Holy Spirit. Now, my thinking when I read that, if the Holy Spirit is sent from heaven, I want everything from heaven that I can get. And so in that sense, this is very important that when you hear the word of God, ask, ask God to, to, or through the Holy Spirit to help you. Let the word of God come alive to me. Let it be revealed to me. See, just as the Holy Spirit revealed thanks to those prophets way back, the Holy Spirit still does those thanks. And so when you read your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation knowledge. One of the prayers you can do is say, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of my understanding. Now, I will tell you what will begin to happen when you do that is as you begin to read your Bible, you'll come to a, a certain passage and all of a sudden, bing, it's like the lights come on and you'll think, I've read that before, but I've never seen it that way. And what happens is every time I read the Bible, there are certain passages that I've literally read thousands of times. And all of a sudden one day, the light will come on and I'll think, I've never seen that. Or I've never seen it in that light. Well, you know who's doing that? It's the Holy Spirit. And he wants to do that for every one of us, not, not just the prophets. Now, in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it, it talks about the letter kills, but the Spirit gives light. The letter kills when it's just the Word of God. The reason for that is mankind tries to achieve the Word of God through his own abilities. But the Spirit gives life. So let me say it in this sense. The Word of God, when the Holy Spirit's involved, it brings life. But the Word of God, when the Holy Spirit isn't there, it brings death. And so none of us in this room have the abilities to fulfill the Word of God without the Holy Spirit helping us. How many of you have ever tried to do the Word of God on your own? I tried that for years. And man, it wore me out. How many figure that out? It'll wear you out trying to be Jesus. You know why? You were never called to be just like Him. You were called to imitate Him. But the Holy Spirit is the one that will help us. Now, look at the book of Luke, chapter number 4. Luke, chapter 4, and we're going to begin to show you a few things biblically tonight that I believe it's very important as, as a warning to each one of us. Things that can happen as believers. And it'll show you here why you need the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went, throughout, went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. 
Now, when I was reading this this morning, this, this is a thought that really just jumped out. Let's read that verse, verse 14 and 15. But I want to eliminate there in verse 14 in the power of the Spirit. It says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, and the news of him went through all the surrounding region, and he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So here, if we take out the Holy Spirit, we just get Jesus teaching the Word. And it goes back to what I just said a minute ago. The letter kills. But it's interesting in this passage here, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And so it literally highlights that right there in Jesus' own life. So when I read this, I begin to think, if the Holy Spirit was that big in Jesus' life, man, I need him in my life. You need him in your life. The, The New Living says, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Verse 16, so Jesus came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, now this is Isaiah 61, now listen to what Jesus says, these are red letter words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus himself says this. Again, the significance of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life. Why was the Spirit of, 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 of the Lord on Jesus? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus knew. i got to have the Holy Spirit here. Keep reading. He, the Holy Spirit, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The Holy Spirit to, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recover sight of the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So the emphasis on all this was the Holy Spirit. And Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the difference maker. And people will argue this and say, now wait a minute, he was the son of God. You're going to see through scriptures tonight that when Jesus came to the earth, it will reference him as the son of man. He was the son of God, but when Jesus came to the earth, he came as a man. He was born just like you and me. He was born from a mother. It said he walked this earth for 33 years. He was tempted and tried with everything we were, but yet without sin. And so literally when Jesus came, he came as a man. When he died on the cross, he bled as a man. He heard as a man. And so it goes back to what we've talked about so far, that Jesus had to have the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit is that significance in my life and yours. Now turn to your right just a few pages, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Let's begin in verse 21. And Jesus strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one about his death. Verse 22, saying, now look at this, the Son of Man, note that, mark that. The Son of Man, it didn't say the Son of God here. The the majority of the references of Jesus in the New Testament are the Son of Man. Now, there are times it'll say the Son of God, but the majority of time are the Son of Man. 
I encourage you the next few times you're reading your Bible, look at how many times the Bible will reference him as that. So it says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, think about this right here, what it just said. That Jesus himself would suffer, he would be rejected, and ultimately he would be killed. Part of what I want us to see tonight is the gospel will attract rejection and opposition. I don't care who you are. You start living for Jesus There will be rejection that's going to come to your life, and there will be opposition. Understand this. They're not necessarily rejecting and posing you because it's you. It's because of Jesus and the Word of God. Now, the word opposition and the word opportunity, they start with the same first four-letter words. And oftentimes, I've found that opportunity and opposition, they travel together. When I, fought, when I face opposition, and when I get opportunity to share the gospel, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to have the Holy Spirit to help you. I can tell you this right now. There's times in your life that as a Christian, when you feel opposition, rejection, you may want to quit. But that's where the Holy Ghost will come in and he'll say, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some strength. I'm going to give you some courage. You know the song we sing, he makes me brave. Thank God he makes me brave. And he'll make you brave. Okay, keep reading. Verse 23. Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Now wait a minute. I don't know that I want to do that. I don't know that I I want to deny myself and take up a cross. And so what happens oftentimes with believers is we say, you know, I, I just want a little bit of Jesus in my life, just a little bit. I want enough to spiritualize my life a little bit. You know, I I have a a, a Jesus bumper sticker. I have a Jesus t-shirt. I wear a I wear a, a a cross around my neck. I go to church every now and then. I just want enough Jesus to keep me out of hell. But it's interesting Jesus' words. He said, he must deny himself. My selfish ways. Where it's always about me. And then he said he must take up his cross. And when we talk about taking up his cross, we are to live for him. We are to live for his purposes. So it's not necessarily about me. Now look what he ends up saying here. Daily. Daily. To serve Jesus the way Jesus asks us to isn't just a Sunday morning thing. When it says daily here, it literally indicates to progressively and continuously seek him on a daily basis. So you know what Jesus is saying? Time to be an all-in Christian. I'm either in or I'm out. He said, daily follow me. And so Jesus right here, he presents a very clear and challenging description of what he wants for me and you. 
And Jesus suffered, he was rejected, and he was killed. The original 12, they suffer, they were rejected, and they were killed. Now just a warning to you to look at this. See, oftentimes when there's a relationship for us to have with Jesus, we look at it either one of two ways. Number one, we think, what's in it for me? But the second area is, what can I do for him? Now keep reading. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses life for my sake, for Jesus' sake, will save it. For what profit or gain is it to a man if he gains the whole world and himself is destroyed or lost? What is it to a man to gain the whole world and to lose his own soul? Remember the old saying years ago? He who has the most toys wins. They lied. All the years of my life that I've been a pastor, and as a minister, you have job security. You know what it is? You marry them, and you bury them. That's a joke. Okay, thank you. But all the years that I've buried people, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You know why? You're not taking it with you. None of it. Not even your favorite pair of underwear. It ain't going. Nothing. I'm going to help some of you tonight. Your children are going to get it. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Good. You want to leave an inheritance to them. So again, do I live for materialistic things or do I live to please Jesus? And I'm not saying Jesus doesn't want you to have things. He's not against that. He's just against things having you. Verse 26, for whoever, now listen to this, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed, and when he comes in his own glory and his own Father and of the holy angels. So you look, the day will come when Jesus will look and say, were you ashamed of me? Were you ashamed to speak in the name of Jesus? Were you ashamed to talk about my words? I never knew you. So we look what he's saying right here. It takes both perseverance and it takes both participation to please Jesus. To be a person of perseverance and participation to leave for Jesus. You know what that equals? The Holy Spirit. I got to have the Holy Spirit. There's days that you want to quit. There's days you want But the Holy Spirit will embrace you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you. He will help you. Now, I heard this, this story here. This is a true story. There was a pastor in the underground church in China. And he invited an American pastor to come preach at his church. And the American pastor said, I'm, I'm going to do it. And the Chinese pastor said, listen, before you accept this, remember... If you come and you preach here and you get caught, there's a high possibility you're going to prison. And the American pastor said, I'm coming. So they sneak him in and they get him in the church. And he said, uh, 30 minutes, an hour before the service starts, people are flooding in. He said, they're coming by the hundreds. Now understand, they have the thought, they know if we get caught... We'll go to prison. 
The service starts and he says it ends up literally being thousands there to hear the word of God. The Chinese pastor looks over at him and he says to him, over half of all these that are in this room tonight, they've already served time in prison for coming to church in the name of Jesus. Now I thought about that. We don't have that threat yet. We have a hard time just getting out of bed. Oh man, that, that, that early service is too early. And you know, Pastor, by the time 11 o'clock comes across, the Cowboys are on. And I got a 10. And, see, we're, we're, we're spoiled as Americans. We're a bunch of bedwetters most of the time. We whine and complain. And yet, I listen to these stories. And so then, this pastor, he hears them as they begin to sing this song in Mandarin. And he asked the Chinese pastor, he said, interpret, tell me what they're saying. Listen to the song they sang. Since you died for us, we now offer ourselves to die for you. Since you gave yourselves on the cross, how can we do less than give ourselves for you? So come what may, whether we live or we may die for you, we belong to you. And it moved me. It moved me where I thought, I really need more of the Holy Spirit. I need the things of God to erupt in me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Lord Jesus. And I say these things to prepare us. You need the Holy Spirit. Things in America are rapidly changing. I'm not preaching fear. Turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And this is scripture here of the Apostle Paul. Acts 14, verse 19. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. You know why they stoned him? Because he wasn't ashamed of Jesus. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel. Now, if you could choose the way you died, this wouldn't be one of the ways I'd want to die. I mean, can you imagine being hit with rocks like that? To the point they think you're dead and they drag you outside of the city. Now watch what happens. Verse uh, 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him... He rose up. This was a miracle. This was healing right here. And he went into the city. Actually, he went back into the city where they had just stoned him. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. See, yesterday was Tuesday. And I got stoned to the point of death. And here today is Wednesday. And we're going to another city. He says, things of God on his life. Verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, we must, through many tribulations, 
enter the kingdom of God. Now, this was Paul's warning to him. He strengthened them to keep the faith. He said, guys, you got to keep going. But also, I got to throw this in. P.S. You're going to go through some tribulations. You're going to go through some things. So Paul, not only here, he taught the joy and the peace of the kingdom of God, but he also talked that the kingdom people would experience sufferings. You're going to be rejected. There's going to be things that happen. You're going to have people say, I don't like you anymore. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. It's okay. Jesus will give you some real friends. Paul right here ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Same for me and you. You know, Jesus himself said in John 16, 33, he said, In this world, you will have tribulations. Be of good cheer, I've overcome. You will have, he didn't say, you may have tribulations. If you're going to serve Jesus wholeheartedly, you're going to be ridiculed, okay? Now go with me to Galatians. Woo, i got to move now. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. See, there, there are certain disciplines as a believer that will help you grow. Getting in the Word of God will help you grow. Learning to pray will help you grow. Learning to give, learning to serve. But, but, but listen real close here. Those things can't ever take the place of the Holy Spirit. There's only certain things that He can do. And so I encourage you, begin to welcome Him. Woo! Woo! Where, where, where are you at, Conrad? Are you in here? There he is, way back there in the back. Man, Conrad, he's, God is moving in his life. But before the service, he come and he said, Pastor, I've been welcoming the Holy Spirit into my day. I've been welcoming it at night in my life. He said, my life is changing. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will change you. He just waits for an invitation. Just let me hang out with you. Galatians 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you or cast spells that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now, they were trying to trick them where, man, you don't have to obey the truth. You don't have to look to Jesus being crucified. Verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit of, or the Spirit of God by the works of the flesh or by the hearing of faith? Did you receive the Spirit of God? You didn't receive Him by works, but you received Him by the Spirit of faith. How do you get born again? Well, if you're here Sunday, Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10 will tell you. You confess with your heart and you believe with your you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. Kind of hard to confess with your heart. You believe God. Same thing here. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? No. Have you suffered so many things in vain or useless? If indeed it was vain or useless. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit in you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so he's getting over there and he said, listen, the Holy Spirit will begin to work in you. The Holy Spirit will do miracles. He'll do things when I begin to yield to him. 
And so again, one of the most powerful things you can do on a daily basis, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I welcome you. And every one of us in this room have certain weaknesses. Galatians 5, 23, talk about the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, which is humility. Now, I encourage you to look there in Galatians 5, 22, 23, in your own reading. Look at those nine. I'll guarantee you, you got some areas in your life, one of those nine, you need, you need help. Now, if you're like me, <laughs> it's all nine of them. <laughs> just, just give me the whole refrigerator, Lord. I welcome every bit of it. But there's times in my life I will specifically say, listen, listen to what it was said, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that only the Holy Spirit will birth in you. And so whatever you're needing, if, if you're having a hard time walking at love, when you go to work and, and Sister Bucketmouth wants a lie and God, man, say, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit. Put on love. Give me love. How many need some patience with your kids today? I don't have kids anymore at home. Bless them. How many need patience just with your, your marriage? Just patience in life. Lord, give me patience. How many need self-control? Jeez. I'd lay on my back and get both my feet up, all ten toes, my fingers on, on self-control. Self-control. Holy Spirit birth this. Now, what I'm telling you here is when I begin to focus and say, Holy Spirit, I welcome the fruit of self-control. I welcome you to start moving in my life. What happens with me is when I get in a situation and my mouth wants to shoot. See, our mouth's like a loaded gun. But you know what the Holy Spirit does? He causes me to drag my tongue. And he causes me to literally walk out, James 1.19. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. And just because the goodness of the Holy Spirit of self-control in my life, sometimes he makes you look like a genius. When you hold your mouth and you look and you think, wow, if only they knew the secret sauce. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.